Gary. Yes. Well, I chugged a monster before this, and it said, unleash the ultra beast. Um, so, <laughs> appropriate. That's appropriate. Yes. That sounds like a horror film title. <laughs> right. Pietro, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jeff. It's great to be here. One of us. Gobble gee. <laughs> One of us. Gobble, gobble. Wait, Pietro, do you get that reference? That's your first test. Well, I mainly know it because of the Ramon song, but I know that that's yep. a reference to <laughs> Freaks, right? Yes. I, which I have not watched. That's right. Yes. And also on the table is The Exorcist Legacy by Oh, brought by Simon. Yeah, sorry. I was I was gonna plug um, some of Pietro's later seven hundreds in the nonfiction so section. Yes, yes. so great. Um, well, without further ado, you're listening to a little too quiet. It's the Ferndale Library podcast, and it's brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. Woo! Library, library, library. And today we're talking about horror again. Yeah, because I think we did this a year ago. Yes. When Simon hosted his first horror movie trivia night at 215 west in downtown ferndale and it's happening again <laughs> all right nice twin peaks quote <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um it's been a year we've done uh i don't know five or six trivia nights at this five point or six it yeah. is happening again, again. <laughs> <laughs> prepare yourselves and this time we're joined by pietro mm-hmm. hello because we like talking about movies with Pietro, and he also collects for the 790s. Yeah. I do. Otherwise known as the movie part of Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Is it uh, 791? It's 791. Yeah, somewhere in there. Um, but no, part, part of the prep for this podcast was Jeff asking us, like... Um, why, why horror is appealing. Yeah. And there is the... I'm reading this book, The Exorcist Legacy, 50 Years of Fear, um, because it is the 50th anniversary of The Exorcist, and it opens with a story from um, one of the first film critics to see it on Christmas Day in Boston. That's right. <laughs> it was released in December. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and talking about how, as a new father, he was particularly freaked out by that movie because... It took him to a place of what if this started happening to my newborn kid, right. like yada yada. Um, and then it just kind of goes into like, you know, horror is a way to like explore terrifying topics and how and like really interrogate how you would interact with it, et cetera, et cetera. But from like one step removed. So it's sure. not actually mm-hmm. happening to you. But yeah, I never actually really externalized or articulated that yeah that you just said right yeah. and i find it to be profound yeah but Absolutely. i mean sometimes you just want to watch you know bella lugosi chase someone in a bear costume <laughs> so it doesn't have to be that serious but it can be that serious it's well, a, a big spectrum <laughs> yes <laughs> uh pietro thoughts on the uh exorcist have you ever seen it the Exorcist was perhaps the first scary movie I watched all the way through. Oh, well, that was going to be my first question right. for you. So it's either Blair Witch Project or The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Oh, good answers either way. Um, and it 
I watched it when I was like maybe 12 or 13. And maybe for that reason, it's the first and scariest <laughs> movie I think I've ever seen because it lives in my mind as a scared 13 year old who was at a sleepover and both of his friends fell asleep. And then I was just like sitting there having a panic attack for right. the next five hours or so while I watched uh, music videos on MTV at 4 a.m. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> very similar to my experience seeing Hereditary for the first time, except obviously I wasn't 13. But yeah. What's funny is both of those movies could be described as things that are like, like they're obviously both horror movies, but both the writer and director of The Exorcist are very much like, yeah, it was just kind of secondarily a horror movie. Sure. At first, it was like a drama about a mom and her daughter yeah. and also like a whodunit. Yeah. And Hereditary is like a family drama that just kind of turns yeah. into a possession movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. It <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. There's a mm, there's a bit. No, I'm not going to try that pun yet. Maybe later. Uh, <laughs> Something about it requires seeing Hereditary to get the pun. And that might be niche. <laughs> Something about horror movies with children is something that just really like sure makes me sweat okay. it makes it very scary for me sure and i've never seen the child's play movies even though from what i've been led to believe they're more like can't be funny than especially scary. lately yes. i will also say the tv show is really good oh, nice. um better than it has any right to be <laughs> but also like actively written by queer people for queer people mm -hmm. it's yeah um it really leans into the campiness of it Nice. That is surprising. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, kind of leads me to Megan, but I don't yeah, know. I, we're, we're getting a little derailed, like, off the bat. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> uh, I'll bring us back to Exorcist eventually. But sure. Yes. Child's Play. Uh, creepy Dolls. Dolls in general yeah. also is a whole other mm -hmm. level there. Right. Uh, but then your most recent example of child horror is probably Megan, spelled, yeah. I think, with a three. Yes. Yeah. M3 again. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which will make it extra confusing when the inevitable third one comes out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was a pretty good horror film. Yeah. I don't know why I wanted a, just a little bit more from it. That's my mm. lackluster review for you. Yeah. And that's one tying it back to, you know, it doesn't have to be that serious. Yeah. I just remember there was an interview with the writer um, of the movie being like, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's about found family and stuff, which is why it, probably why it resonates so much with the queer community. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, she she dresses fabulously and does a TikTok dance while stabbing <laughs> tech bros. It right. is not that serious. It's not like, to be that serious. Yeah. <laughs> What is the thing about The Exorcist? I'll bring it back. Yeah. Also, uh, R.I.P. William Freakin, the director yeah. of the film, passed away like a month ago. Mm. Uh, he won the Academy Award for The French Connection, but I don't think he won anything for this. No, this this was infamously Exorcist. the first horror movie um, nominated for an Oscar, right. but it did not win. Right. Um, that, that was a trivia question last year, so it won't be a repeat this year. Yeah, but... no cheating, everybody. <laughs> that was the first horror movie like that ever got nominated, nominated for, for Best Picture. Best Picture, okay. Yeah, yeah there wow. was kind of a whole sea change when Rosemary's Baby came out, and everyone was like, wait a minute, is horror sophisticated? <laughs> oh, yeah. Is right. horror like, artistic? And then you got The Exorcist. Yeah, Tony Collette snubbed. For yeah, for Hereditary. <laughs> one of the most profound performances ever yeah like i feel exhausted by the end of that movie watching yes. everything she gave blood 
sweat, tears, headbutts, everything. Yeah, crawling. <laughs> crawling. <laughs> gnashing. <laughs> yelling. Crying. Sawing motions. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I had to turn the lights on in my house after I watched that yeah. movie. It, it got me. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's great. Uh, what is the... Let's just stay on The Exorcist. Is there anything about that movie that scares you the most? You say kids. <laughs> kids and vomiting. <laughs> Projectile vomiting, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. The thing, I think the thing that creeps me out the most about horror is uh, just possession or general or demonic things. It could be the devil. It could not be mm. the devil. Uh, it could be Pazuzu. It doesn't have to be the top dog devil. Just something from beyond the veil that's interacting with you yeah is is crazy the thing i love about the exorcist besides staring down that long stairway mm -hmm. uh is the kind of like the climactic sequence and mm -hmm. they linger on the two priests getting ready mm -hmm. with their little uh costumes uh, that's really <laughs> Please put in like a badly edited word when you remember what it is, other than costumes. <laughs> their uh, their vestments, you know, six. Their their collars and there's just a something. Cloth. There's just something about the gossamer, fragile, white, frilly thing that they put on. Like mm -hmm. you're about to go fight the devil, and you're putting on like a little cotton t-shirt, <laughs> and they do share a look between the two of them, like. This is this is futile, isn't it? Like we don't stand a chance. And I'm like, no, you don't. It's the devil. So that's my yeah. favorite scene from The Exorcist. I yeah. like how at the outset too they preface it with like, "This has happened however many number of times." It almost gives in a real way, like the Fargo thing. Where yeah. like, so mm. that was effective and scary for oh, me as well. Sure. Like right at the outset. Sure. Yeah. I also just the the futileness of it. It also plays in with the original Omen too, because mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, no, nobody makes it out of the Omen, mm -hmm. except you know Damien. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> worst birthday party ever. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, yeah. So that was your answer to the first horror film you so ever saw. It sort of is, Jeff. Okay. Because I think I have these like sort of imagistic um, ideas in my head about. Being very young, as both the young, the youngest brother and the youngest cousin, being uh -huh. shielded from watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> like at a like at Easter or something like that, in, the, in my cousin's basement, and like being told like you have to leave the room. Talk more about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the basement. There's baseball cards with applesauce on them. It's kind of dingy and dark. I love this. Paint I'm the youngest mm -hmm. of about six cousins. And I don't even know if they had to say like, hey, you need to go. This is too scary for you. Or if I was like, I'm going to go uh, outside and shoot basket or something like that. I'm not sure. And, I, you know, I would probably like tuck my head around oh, the corner. Yeah. And so I can just see that saturated color. You know, I can see a chainsaw. And it's hard to distinguish what <laughs> I actually did see at that age and what has <laughs> stuck in my mind of like, oh, it's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So there must be a chainsaw coming and mm -hmm. blood. But having watched that movie now as an adult, I thought it was great. Yeah. But not, maybe not so much as a seven-year-old. There is... Yeah. Go ahead, Simon. What were you going to say? Oh, no. I was... Um, I was going to be a little bit mean. Please. Um, <laughs> and once again, call out the Livonia Public Library. Uh-oh. For accidentally having the remake of Texas Chainsaw oh, Massacre right. in the shared catalog uh -oh. as the original. 
Uh-oh. Texas Chainsaw yeah, Massacre. Yeah, that happened to me with the thing. I have I have contacted them a few times to get that fixed and haven't done it yet. <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, the thing and Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. and Evil Dead and several more yeah. have been modern remakes. And yeah, you do encounter that in Library World. Yeah. It's miscatalogued. Um, but also just... Too bad when you were seven, it wasn't the remake of Texas Chainsaw where the boom mic is just visible <laughs> in several shots, despite it being a much higher budget slash quality, air quotes, production. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1975. Is it Tobe Huber, Hooper or Toby Hooper? Oh, I don't even remember, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and so the thing about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that I find interesting is it touches into something barely related to The Exorcist mm. and quasi-related to Blair Witch Project okay. is this like added element of mystery where mm. there was all kinds of maybe urban legends that the perhaps the actual devil was on set during the exorcist mm-hmm. some other yeah. people really actually got sick while making it something oh, was there nine people died yeah like it was a <laughs> cursed production yeah. and the blair witch project 1999 everyone was like was it real or at least for a couple months people mm-hmm. think sure. it's 100 real and omg what does that mean when we get to the dinner table scene of Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. I think those people are all crazy and to this day maybe they all really are and I think this isn't fiction. That would do no, it. No one in this film knows they're in a movie. This is all real. That's yeah. that exists. That's on earth. That's going to kill me. Yeah, that's so. you know once again, you know, horror movies allow you to think about things in a way but like one degree removed mm-hmm. when you think about the actual numbers for serial killers and things in America, it can be a little overwhelming, but you take it one degree removed and you're like, right. Texas Chainsaw. Right. Yeah. Or X. Right. Or Pearl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ty West is the director of those films yeah. that you just mentioned. And it's mm-hmm. has it officially been finished as a trilogy or is it going to be uh, a trilogy? The third one is filming right now. The trailer right. has been cut. X is a film that taps into... Uh, or kind of conjures some chainsaw energy Similarly. because it's a bunch of people in a van yep. driving yep. who wind up at a barn. Yep. <laughs> but they're doing something specifically when they get yes. there. Oh, um, oh, right. And also not cannibals. In also fact, not cannibals. <laughs> um, I, had a, I had a friend of mine that was like, I really wanted to see X, but I just, the cannibal thing really freaks me out. I couldn't finish Texas Chainsaw. So I was like, no cannibals. No cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> That sort of touches on one of the other allures of horror. You mentioned uh, serial killers and mm-hmm. whatnot. And I think that it's really, this is a weird way to put it, but it's comforting to be able to think like, okay, this is what pure evil looks like. Yeah. As opposed to like somebody's uncle or like, you know, somebody that works a regular job and mm-hmm. has a family. Mm-hmm. It's more comforting yeah. to be able to think of them as like an, an animal monster sure. who is purely evil. So that I think lets us feel a little bit more comfortable about the the regular evils of the world. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I think it's not really a horror movie, but the end scene in Zodiac where it's like, you're 99% sure it is this dude, but there's no actual proof. And he's just sitting there in his hardware store job. Right. Like, That's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, too, for sure. <laughs> is there, Simon, a question maybe directly for you. Also, mm-hmm. Pietro invited to join. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, horror has subgenres. 
Mm. Are, are there subgenres you like, A, and are there subgenres that you've grown out of or no longer like that you once liked? Great question. Uh, it is a great question. I have I, an answer off the bat, and I've grown away from the slashers, and I've grown away mm, from mm. murdery horror. Sure, that's my take. And then I've, <laughs> I've really, I think I've already shown my cards that I like demonic stuff and I like <laughs> supernatural. Yep. Um, I yeah, I would say I never really got into like the the gore hound horror, the like Saw, Hostel, et cetera, oh. et cetera. That was that was never my bag. Sorry, Eli Roth. I'm not sorry, um, <laughs> but like that—that that was just never my bag. It, um, but in terms of like, I think uh, you also asked me to prep lists of like classics to oh, yeah. talk about, and I, I broke it down by like geographical region and time period. Because okay. <laughs> I'm a nerd, um, but I mean, honestly, pretty much, I'd say pretty much anything that has. Well, that's not like that Gorehound stuff. Sure. I, um, yeah, it's really hard for me to nail down like a specific genre because for like American horror movies, like obviously you've got the classic universal ones. Uh, my favorites are like Invisible Man, Dracula. Uh, I just read a whole thing about the woman that designed the creature from the Black Lagoon and how she was like uncredited and then fired oh. after a press tour and all of this course. other stuff. But like, Jeez. that one's amazing too. Um, and then, like, you've got the Italian horror movies, which, like, you've got, uh, what was it, Black Sabbath, which has just the massive gothic black and white. I think that's Mario Bava. Mario Bava, yeah. yeah. But then you've also got Dario Argento, where it's, sure. like, insanely saturated with color. Right. Like, I love both of those. Hyper-realism. Um, yeah. Um, Surrealism. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And then you've got, uh, you know, Asia, Japan specifically. That's yeah. where most of the ones come, well... U.S. releases. I have started getting some more interesting Korean and Thai horror movies for our collection, nice. but you got classics like Anibaba, which is like another demon possession type thing. Kuroneko, same. Yeah. Um, but then you've got all the ones that got American remakes like Ring, Grudge, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which um, fun, Demonic-y. I guess. Yeah. If you want to study anything for um, upcoming trivia night, I've been watching a lot of those again recently nice. because uh, they put out like a grudge versus the ring movie. And then I was like, I should go back and watch these again <laughs> um, because that was a lot better than it had any right to be. Somebody watches the ring tape in the grudge house and then oh. they, they get into a knockdown drag out war over who gets to take their soul. Amazing. Crossover. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then there's like, would you could like the original Godzilla movie, mm-hmm. technically a horror movie. Mm-hmm. There is a giant monster. Sure. Um, but yeah. What uh, is the phrase for Dario Argento Italian gelato? It's not gelato. It's not gelato. <laughs> uh, giallo. Thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> Which means yellow. Keeping that on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but I, um, again, uh, his films amazing films uh get kind of murdery yeah but in this interesting way where it's always just like a black gloved hand from off screen right. is reaching in uh and it uh, i probably sound like a sick dark twisted person for <laughs> giggling about about that but i prefer uh daria when there's an added element so if there's maybe witches like mm. suspiria or if there's 
telepathically controlled insects, like in Phenomenon, which is a movie that exists starring Jennifer Connelly. Yep. I will send you Pietro the Lord. Okay, I think it's on Canopy. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Uh, I've seen Suspiria. I have not seen his other work. Phenomenon is a fun ride. Uh, Demons is ridiculous. Oh, Demons! Um, yeah. <laughs> Demons attack a movie theater. Yes. Oh, that's great. Specifically an advanced screening of a horror movie. They yes. are actually possessing the, the film, and then they possess the people in the theater okay. watching the film. Yeah. That's clever. It's... Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. Yes. But so, yeah, no. So Suspiria is like it's gory, but it's gory in such a ridiculous way. Like, of course, there's a room filled with barbed wire in the basement of, of a dance studio. Why wouldn't there be? <laughs> of course. And they got Goblin too, so that yeah helps with the stylization. The proggy psychedelic rock band known as Goblin, yes. who also do the music for Phenomenon I and think. Demons. So yeah, nice. tune tune in. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess I'm now promoting things that aren't even library related, but Goblin is coming back to Pontiac to Great. play along to the soundtrack to Demons while screening Demons. I saw Suspiria cool. that way last year. It was very fun. Fantastic. Yeah, I've mm. seen advertisements for those things. Yeah. As of right now, at this very instance, on the cusp of October, currently in the multiplex, is The Nun 2. <laughs> So okay. that's what's currently in the mainstream of, of horror. And I actually just watched The Nun, The Nun, part one <laughs> uh, from 2018 for the first time. And, you know, it it's fun. a movie. It's fun. Yeah, it's a movie. There's there's jump scares. Um, and that's OK. It's just boggles my mind that there's like 17 conjuring movies at this point. That's the thing is like Insidious 3 slash Insidious 5 just came out. And yeah. <laughs> Simon, Simon and I were just chatting about this like. These movies may or may not be, they're not bad. Right. Yeah. They don't also feel like they're changing the game, really. And they yeah. just, they just, they'll just make $75 million. Sure. <laughs> in the blink of an eye. Yeah. That's the takeaway, I That's think. The, yep. Just go While costing money. barely anything in terms of Hollywood production budgets. But I right. haven't seen Skinamarink yet, <laughs> which is a very independent, very yeah. modestly budgeted film um, that also did seem to do well at the theater yeah so. again it's while uh, angering people yeah i like that and uh and talk to me oh uh, yes like talk to me was incredible but also when trying to pin down what was incredible about it there's nothing really inherently original about the story sure it's just incredibly well acted amazing pacing the mm -hmm. editing is amazing the um the ending is really unique mm. and every review i've read of that movie says that the ending that hates the movie mm -hmm. says the ending is just terrible and the worst and i'm oh. like actually the ending is maybe the most philosophically like terrifying thing Interesting. um that's... about the whole thing <laughs> i don't know if anything i'm about to say is extraordinary but <laughs> that's what i find to to be happening with horror right now is that it's still a polarizing genre yeah mm -hmm. you either love it or you hate it yep or there's occasionally None two and Insidious five and people are like, okay, yeah, yeah, it's a okay, movie, sure, it's something. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't but have to be that serious, but it can be. Skinamarink, polarizing. Some people loved it. Some people hated yeah. it. Uh, oh, malignant. Malignant. Some people love it. One. Some people hate it. Yeah. Which malignant? <laughs> while we're on tangents here. Well, mm -hmm. we're on tangents about the Conjuring specifically. We're on tangents about the Conjuring. <laughs> it's. I think it's the same director. It is the same director as the Conjuring, but this film. Let's see. <laughs> I I think I accurately told a friend 
that if they enjoyed a little bit of giallo gelato Italian style horror that decides it wants to become Cronenbergian body horror for the last 20 minutes, then they would yep. enjoy <laughs> Malignant, okay. and they still didn't enjoy it. <laughs> well, you tried your best. But I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, and same. some people that just love and hate. Okay, let's bring it back to focus here. Let's talk about <laughs> classic horror. Have you seen any classic horror films, Pietro? Have you seen Psycho? Have you seen yes. The Freaks? Sorry. I have not. Sorry. <laughs> Freaks. Yeah, I think within the last three years, I I tried to go like take a tour through the, the classics, quote unquote, more so I guess of like sort of the 70s, late 70s, early 80s. So oh, nice. I watched the first couple Halloween movies. I watched Nightmare on Elm Street. I watched Friday the 13th. Um, and that was really fun to explore those, especially as somebody who's not a seven-year-old in a basement with <laughs> applesauce baseball cards. So that yeah. made it a lot more enjoyable to be, watch them in the comfort of my own home with popcorn and whatnot. Um, so it was cool to kind of get to discover those at a later phase, for sure. That's good. Yeah. Anything earlier than that? I just felt old suddenly when you was like, <laughs> early 80s is classic. Well, I guess it's accurate. That, that sure. Is true. I mean, I've, I've, I'm still going through the Hitchcock catalog. And a lot of mm. that, I don't know if you want to qualify it as horror or not. But um, there's some stuff on my canopy watch list that mm. would that fill that nice. sort of mm. niche. Um, yeah, I haven't seen The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um Ah, you should dig it up. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro's like favorite film. Yeah. He also, I think he says that about everything. I'm sorry, Guillermo. <laughs> well, yeah, but also he essentially made his own fan fiction version of it with Shape of Water. That's so right. I think if anything, uh, it actually lists as yes. his favorite movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, more I, uh, classic picks from you, Simon? Oh, um, well, you know, when George Romero died a couple of years ago, yeah. right? And suddenly everybody's been digging out his back catalog besides just the various of the living dead movies. Oh, I think I know where um, you're going. Oh, well, I mean, I just uh, like during the pandemic, I started watching some of his goofy back catalog of things. The um, what was it? The visitors mm -hmm. or was it the yeah, it was the visitors. Right. That was incredible. The um, but then some of his like incredibly low budget, weird things like season of the witch. I that's barely a movie mm -hmm. um but it's it's got vibes for days mm -hmm. <laughs> and then i think we um i think we're one of the only libraries in the system that has a copy of his uh the amusement park yeah yeah which freaked me out yes <laughs> it's like only like a 65 minute movie too right it's kind of yeah. shorter yeah it is short same thing with season of the witch i think yeah. that one's only like an hour too but yeah um, off the rails absolutely <laughs> surrealism on screen yeah um and then i also have just um because i got a shutter subscription so i've just been watching a lot of like weird 70s stuff that i hadn't seen before mm -hmm. especially the the goofy italian movies that they have like all the colors of the dark which i've never even heard of outside mm -hmm. of people that have shutter subscriptions but <laughs> like <laughs> it's such a um it's another one of those like woman accidentally gets entangled in a demon cult type thing oh no oh no <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, or, uh, ooh, Messiah of Evil is another uh, 70s one that I got really into recently. Um, By Romero or someone else? Somebody else. Don't even remember who. It sounds, it's an incredibly generic title. Um, but I saw it in like a recommended, if you liked Carnival of Souls, mm. speaking of classic horror movies that don't get enough love. Um, and I love Carnival of Souls. Mm. So I was like, mm. heck yeah, let's do this. Uh, and it's about a woman who receives a cryptic letter from her father. He's living in a remote um, Pacific Northwest town. And it's like, oh, you'll never see me again. Don't come looking for me. Ah! And of course she goes looking for him. And the entire town is like in, in a mortal cult of demon type things. Yeah. So she's got to like try and survive the night in this town. Um, and she runs into like a group of tourists who are just trying to see if it is actually a haunted town and they got to try and survive the night. I mean, spoiler alert, no one really survives the night. Um, <laughs> Dope. Oh, yeah. But like with an incredibly generic title, like Messiah of Evil, how are you ever going to find something like sure. that? Right. Um, but yeah, look up the trailer. It's really, it's got some compelling, not of its time acting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 1931, mm -hmm. Dracula and Frankenstein. Sometimes, sometimes I, I'm unable to like process that those two weird, creepy, macabre gothic movies were released in like Calvin Coolidge's America or something, <laughs> or Hoover or whatever. Like, I just it doesn't sync up for me. Uh, so I can fully understand how people were completely mesmerized and like, oh, you know, also terrified, sure, but like that's some weird Gonzo literally baddie stuff yeah, yeah. To be uh, in, in my my favorite bisexual socialist as a vampire <laughs> you know um but like that's uh my grandfather talks about the wolfman all yeah. the time mm. it was like he snuck out of the house to go to the movies mm -hmm. and it was the wolfman and he was terrified mm -hmm. and he ran all the way home but he couldn't tell his mother what scared him so bad because he wasn't supposed to go see the wolfman mm. yeah uh. <laughs> So you have the monsters in the 30s, yeah, and uh, Wolfman is 1941, so it's kind of the tail end of that yeah. monstery stuff. My dad, who is older uh, and probably old enough to be our grandpa, is someone who experienced this next wave of like Adam Age horror, or mm -hmm. uh, uh, so his big thing of like uh, having things burned into his memory is the movie called Them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> About giant ants, which is a movie that should be terrible, right? But actually is pretty good. Yeah. Or uh, a movie much more highly regarded <laughs> or on the surface seemingly to be a better movie is The Day the Earth Stood Still, which mm -hmm. is it sci-fi? Is it horror? Is mm -hmm. A little scary. A little scary. But uh, that's that's that next wave and then you get into the 60s and then the hammer horror british folks hammer, are like hammer was kind of started in the 50s okay yeah though that's it is right. um it's hard to like remember that because their big thing was like oh we're just in color right we're, we're the classics but in color right right they, i believe uh if i could be just nerdy you both know that i love numbers and stats and trivia sure. mm -hmm. uh christopher <laughs> lee's Dracula, I think, is 57. Oh, yeah. We'll check that later. 
Okay. Yeah. I, uh, that was another one of the questions from, <laughs> yes, that it was another, later. it was another one of the questions last year was like, who played Dracula in 10 different films? And the answer is Christopher Lee. <laughs> 58. So yeah. close. So close. But for some people, that's, that's their Dracula. Yeah. Um, it's like debating <laughs> bonds. Yeah. If you, uh, if you saw a visual representation of my movie collection, it's like, okay, movies, movies, movies. And then you get to the D's and it's like, Dracula, 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 Dracula. With like <laughs> a bazillion different people playing Dracula. The king of horror. The most movies pro probably dedicated to that. Yeah, story. I'm oh, curious if yeah. there's a, a number attached to the number of Dracula depictions. Well, I mean, even just off oh, the top geez. of our head. Right. There's Bela Lugosi. There's Christopher Lee. Yeah. There's... Gary Oldman. There's uh, yeah. There's um. Oh crap! What was that dude's name? Mm. And Shoot, it's not Vampire in Venice, which got renamed as a Dracula at some point. Um. And there's yeah. not. There's not. And then I think uh, Werner Herzog even made a Dracula. Yes, that's the one I'm thinking oh. of. With Klaus Kinski. <laughs> yes, Klaus Kinski. Klaus Thank Kinski you. In Venice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Max Schreck. Um, we can't forget. Oh yeah, Max Schreck. Um, which uh, oh man. And then there's also the subgenre of Dracula movie, which is movies about making Dracula movies. Ooh. Um, there's, oh my God, I'm completely forgetting, but you reminded me of Max Shrek. There's a movie with Willem Dafoe playing Max Shrek. Shadow of the Vampire. Shadow of the Vampire, Ooh. where the, the plot of it is that Max Shrek actually was a vampire. Yes. Um, and it's got like John Malkovich as the director. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay. But then most recently, kind of disappointing, except for the, you know, 45 minutes that Nick Cage was in it, Renfield, mm -hmm. um, where they like literally recreate the 1930s Bela Lugosi Dracula as part of like the origin flashback with Nick Cage yes. just absolutely hamming it up, pretending to be Bela Lugosi. I it was incredible. still have not seen that movie. It's not. As someone who's currently reading Dracula, yeah. it's fun to like... Now I know all the little offshoots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been told I've been muttering in a scared way in my sleep since oh, no. I'm starting to read Dracula. Because it's getting to me. It's great, though. Yeah, I, um, I'm fully a Dracula novel defender. I think it's great. Um, it is interesting to go back and look at Sheridan LeFou's uh, Vampire which came out, I think, like 20 years before Bram Stoker's Dracula. So it's... 1870s. Yeah, it's um, it's not... All the translations I found of it aren't that great, mm -hmm. but it did get turned into another... Oh, yeah, it did get turned into another movie that came out the same year as Bela Lugosi's Dracula. Same title, Vampire with a Y. Oh, cool. Um, except it was just, like, right on the verge of talkies versus silent movies, and that one was silent, oh. and it's a lot more lesbian-forward instead of homoerotic. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've got both. Come check them out. Sweet. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I was Dracula for my Halloween when I was seven. Okay. And that I explains a lot. The cape and I had the little medallion and slick back hair and fake teeth and the whole thing and it was a hoot. Mm. There's been lots and lots of movies made uh, concerning Dracula, lots of actors who played Dracula and that's mo I, just a cursory glance at the internet doesn't really even begin to touch upon. There have been several non-Western 
productions oh, yeah. of Dracula sure. too that yeah. we have to consider too. So. Oh yeah, I will say the one that is really fun and worth looking up, especially if you're very familiar with the Bela Lugosi one, is the uh, the Spanish language one that oh. came out the same year, literally filmed on the same sets. Like the Bela Lugosi <laughs> one filmed during the day. And then when their shift was over, the Spanish language crew came in awesome. and wow. filmed there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. Overdubbing? No. We're just going to recast <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> that, that definitely happened uh, a lot. I will not check my own facts, but I think the <laughs> Bela Lugosi... Uh, 1932 film White Zombie was mm. sneaking onto the sets of Frankenstein yep. and just using Frankenstein's stairways and stuff. So resourceful, that yeah. Tracks, yeah. <laughs> How far are you into Dracula? Not super far. I'm around oh, page 130, I want to say. So mm. I still have a good chunk of it to go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's one of the reasons why I'm forever defending that book because people see that like doorstopper length of it and I'm like, no, trust me. <laughs> yeah, it's riveting for sure. Yeah. Any scenes involving a castle wall yet that you've encountered? <laughs> okay, good. No, we won't talk about it. I won't spoil okay. it. It's my favorite part. <laughs> well, I still haven't seen Last Voyage of the Demeter. Demeter? Demeter? I think it's Demeter. Yeah. yeah. But I was just like, oh, man, somebody finally turned, like, a movie out of my favorite section of that novel. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Dracula eventually gets on a boat and leaves Transylvania. And yeah. he's hiding in the basement. Or the basement. <laughs> the basement. <laughs> the basement of the boat. Um, right. The brig. I'm sorry. Yeah. Those boxes. Yeah. 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 And kills everyone aboard. Yeah. Right. Spoiler for the last voyage. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, like... <sighs> Most Dracula movies just skip over that chunk, but like you can obviously there's there's a it's a common trope in fiction and just stories, you know, people gathering around a fire, talking shit, sure, passing the night away, sure. just like, oh, there's one thing in here that'll kill everybody, but like alien, mm. like <laughs> that entire genre of horror movie. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because I've always heard Alien referred to as, "Oh, it's a haunted house in space," but it's a little more than that. It's a little more than this that. This thing yeah. is killing you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very Dean Stanton. Yeah. Uh, yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. yeah. Where was I going to go with this? So many Draculas. The one, the one vampire movie that you'd think you would have heard of immediately once you look it up is. Uh, Oh, I am completely blanking on the name of it. That's terrible, but it stars David Bowie, Susan Sarandon, and Catherine Deneuve. And it the is... The Hunger. The Hunger. The problem is, is it's not very good, especially with a cast that stacked. <laughs> You'd think it'd be more of a classic. I remember being underwhelmed. Yeah. I remember <laughs> liking the soundtrack. Yeah. I remember thinking it had a vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. 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 Was that before or after The Man Who Fell to Earth? After. after. Was that Bowie's first? No, his first movie. Sorry, it's not even a horror movie. It was uh, it was like Goodbye, Mr. Lawrence or something. It was a war movie. Man Who Fell to Earth, again, not checking my phone, is mid to late 70s. Yeah. So this is, this is like a post Let's Dance, David Bowie. Okay. This is like... Mm, nope. Almost? No, not, not no, quite. No, not even. Not quite. Uh, Wasn't it 82? No, it was... It was uh, the Hunger? 
Oh, The Hunger. The Hunger. Sorry, yeah. I thought you were still talking about Man Who Fell to Earth. <laughs> no, no. But yeah, no. Uh, the Hunger is definitely post-list. Man Who Fell to Earth is way. kind of more like Berlin-y kind of. I was yeah. underwhelmed by that movie. Druggy Bowie. Yeah, that's fair. I, you know, the man could sing. Yeah. The man could oh, yeah. write a song. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe couldn't act. And that's fine. Not everybody sure. can do everything. <laughs> I mean, he can dance with Muppets. You know? Yeah. That's all good. Yeah. I, yeah, I just wanted to get back into like other facets of horror. Like, I think Hitchcock could maybe help us jump off in there mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Psycho is so revered. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole thing. And he made Strangers on a Train, which has horror energy too. Yeah. What others have you watched of his? The one that I watched most recently was Rear Window. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that one is not super like horror-y. I guess it's more of a suspense driven one. Mm-hmm. Um, the Birds, mm-hmm. which ah, yes. seems like people are more split on that movie than I thought. I thought that was sort of universally revered, but I think from what I've seen, some people were pretty dismissive of it. And I'm going to be a chaos agent here and say, I don't really like The Birds, but feel free to try and sell <laughs> me on it. <laughs> no, I, that's not something I'm prepared to do because you... <laughs> Are somebody who knows about things. The the phone booth restaurant sequence is great. Yeah, I think to me, can, just can that, we agree? The sure. concept of that, the, <laughs> it's more like the overarching concept to me. That's like that's kind of scary. There are a lot of birds. If they wanted to, that is true. We're done. Uh, when I when I worked at U of M's media library, the happening had just come out on DVD. And every time I checked it out to somebody, I was like, you'll never look at salad the same way again. <laughs> The happening. Okay. That scares me as somebody who loves salad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Directed by M. Night Shyamalan, starring Uh-oh. Mark Wahlberg. I got tricked into watching an M. Night Shyamalan movie because it was like when people weren't really like, oh, he's great. But like he was trying to make a quiet comeback and I got tricked into watching The Visit. The I Visit. No, it was his movie. His quiet <laughs> comeback about visiting grandparents. Yeah. Uh oh. Who are possessed. No. I forgot already. <laughs> yes, you did. And that's fair. They apparently shot each scene three times. The first time being like, they know the twist. The second time being like, oh, they're they're just normal grandparents. And the third time being like, the kids don't know the twist, but also the grandparents are weird. Oh. And that is why the editing for that movie feels as bananas as it does. Pietro, <laughs> mm-hmm. The Sixth Sense. Love it. Unbreakable. Also love it. <laughs> Haven't seen it. Knock at the Cabin. Haven't seen it. Yeah. So the Knock at the Cabin is M. Night Shyamalan's latest. Mm-hmm. I think the vibe I got from M. Night is that once he made old, everyone <laughs> decided that he was back. Yeah. <laughs> old is a film where you are on a certain beach and you're aging like one year per hour or something like that. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That's the movie. What I feel like what what were the movies he made about somebody who was supposed to have like multiple personalities? Oh, Split. See, Unbreakable yeah. leads into Split 15 years later yeah. and that leads into okay. Glass was the third yeah. movie that no one remembers that brought that Bruce Willis I didn't even back see. into the situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, sorry, we were talking about Hitchcock and then we yeah. got derailed into like well, I mean, that guy. <laughs> who was M. Night Shyamalan's biggest influence? I mean, I think you yeah. would probably admit. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the one. Who's more problematic? <laughs> Hitchcock or M. Night Shyamalan? Um, 
Well, ooh, probably hitchhiked by <laughs> hitchhiked. a smidge. Yeah. And like, probably just because he like actively tortured or psychologically tortured yeah, his actresses. Yeah. <laughs> Active misogyny, yeah. That yeah. will be a book coming to the 700 soon. Ooh. Hitchcock's Blondes. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because you were recently doing some uh, collection development. Yes. Yeah. I told you about this book I loved called Shock Value that was released about 10 years ago. Right. We were talking about Really that. spoke to me. Uh, it was written by what must be a Kendrick's, not the John Waters book, which is apparently <laughs> of the same title. That will also, there's a John Waters book also coming to the 700s collection Ooh, soon nice. that I'm excited for. Yeah. Jason Zeneman was the author of Shock Value. Mm. And yeah, it talks about the arrival of Rosemary's Baby kind of being the sea change and everyone's mm -hmm. starting to take horror seriously. Mm. And that leads us into Exorcist. So, yes. what do you think was responsible for that change? In public opinion, at least. I well, I feel like it ebbs and flows. Yeah. Right, because the original Universal monster movies were all based off of like classics of Gothic literature, yeah. like Bram Stoker, Mary Shelley. Those are bona fides. H. G. Wells, yada right. yada, and then you started. They mined the well of the good horror books and got into kind of. Not that I don't love it, but kind of schlocky. Oh, yeah. A little bit like less serious. B-movie stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And then by the time Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist rolled around, those are both based on books mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. Um, and like the current wave of quote unquote prestige horror, like there aren't necessarily books that they're based on, but it's still kind of like could be. Literary. Liter mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, which I kind of. I kind of hate the distinction between highbrow and lowbrow culture. I don't think there totally. is one. Um, but yeah, I agree. Just going off the common language of what people know. <laughs> sure. And I'm not here to judge either. If you want to watch Insidious 5 and have a good time, just do it. Yeah. If yes. you want to watch The Nun 2, go for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Life short. Yeah. Yeah. I'm As I keep saying, I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I that. think that's an, that's an amazing point. That's that's but, an even better point than I than I could say. It also, the only thing I'll sprinkle on top is that it coincides with like this other cultural sea change of mm. a post big studio era, post 1967, yeah. mm -hmm. new wave of directors coming in, new energy, all this kind of thing, all these yeah. new ideas. Uh, yeah, like I don't think Rosemary's Baby would have been filmable in like 1957, for example, like right. 10 years earlier. Couldn't right. that I wonder when that book even came out. <sighs> It wasn't long before the movie. Yeah, I think you're right. I yeah. think it like immediately got optioned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is fair if you've read it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But yeah, speaking of separating, well, not really speaking of, but just unrelated. I saw a meme the other day with the cover to that movie and then, you know, going, uh, me and the homie is about to separate the art from the artist. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, never has that been more topical yeah. than in today's world. Because <laughs> I love Rosemary's Baby, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get into the '80s, and mm. every movie that comes out is based on a Stephen King book. Yep, <laughs> how that works. I really that. wanted to bring up Children of the Corn earlier, but I couldn't quite find the way to. Oh. But... Children of the Corn. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching and be like, "Oh, this is it." Pietro, <laughs> Pietro is creeped out by kids. <laughs> but yeah. no, I mean, to me, it's just like there wasn't a lot of substance to it. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. as wow. far as Stephen King adaptations go, I don't know if that one is not too high on the list. 1984. I wonder mm-hmm. if this qualifies as what they call folk horror, which is also involving so. the Wicker mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. And a little movie called Midsommar. <laughs> yeah. There, is there a barn? Is there wheat? Is involved? there a barn? <laughs> is is it in a remote farmland type situation? Because that would also be Pearl. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would say that. I like the Simpsons parody of Children of the Corn, perhaps more than I like Children of the Corn. Children of the Corn. Yeah. A 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, folks, in case you're curious. <laughs> Featuring Linda Hamilton from The Terminator. Yeah. And then I think John Carpenter makes a movie in the 90s that is Children of the Corn-esque, but I'm not. Mm. But anyway, we should. Didn't John Carpenter make Christine? He did make Christine, which turns 40 this year. (laughs) It do. Also based on a Stephen Stephen King. Stephen King, because every movie was a Stephen King adaptation. Uh, Thoughts thoughts on Christine? Um, I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Okay. Uh, which I mean, I am left with a fond impression of it, and I think that might be why I haven't gone to revisit it since. Like, don't most, revisit yeah. it; you might not like it. But yeah. <laughs> my whole thing is, functionally, from just like the what John Carpenter is doing as a director, it's actually a fairly well-directed film. Now, whether or not the actors in it are good or what have you, right? It's fine. <laughs> just in terms of what's happening with the camera and the decisions he seems to be making. <laughs> He seems to be in a zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, wow. Okay. So like competently, this is probably one of his better films. Cause, mm-hmm. and yet I found an article recently where he's like, I hated the whole thing. I hate that movie. <laughs> I had a, I hate adapting things from books. It was terrible. His candor is part of his, part of his charm. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Now he just makes creepy synth music and plays video he games. He is supposedly returning to the director's chair. I got several Google alerts oh. about it. Wow. I didn't click on them because I'm like, nope, I'm not actually going to care about this until it turns into actually a thing. Nice. Once the filming starts, then I will care. Nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> Try not to get my hopes up. But... There's only so much you can do with a demonically possessed car. It doesn't really have yeah. emotions. Yeah, yeah, what are you going to do? There's not much there to it's drive the plot. Yeah, and that's kind of... Drive the plot. Oh. Yeah, no, I caught it. Okay, great. <laughs> I just wasn't going to acknowledge <laughs> okay, it. Okay, great, great. <laughs> I'll get that in there. Uh, I don't know, man. Stephen, this is this is where I, I diverge from several other contemporary horror fans because I'm just like, Stephen King, uh, yeah. As a writer or just as adaptations of his work go? Uh, or 4K, of- no los dos. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Carrie and but, Pet Cemetery are good, but anything else? Well, okay, The Shining, fine. But, but Stephen King mostly, famously hates that. That's yeah, mostly yeah. Kubrick's doing, not yours. Yeah, he, yeah. didn't he make his own like made-for-TV version because he was so upset about so, yep. how divergent it was yes, from he his did. version. And everyone was like, thanks. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We'll watch this on USA for the next 20 years, perhaps. <laughs> Change the channel. Change yeah. the channel. <laughs> uh, before we go, um, let's just mention more about horror. Uh, trivia! Hooray! Oh, right. Yeah. October 9th, 7 p.m. at 2.15 West. Yes, sign up on our website, fadl.org backslash trivia. There's only, I mean, it's already filling up. It's, so it's actually filling up pretty fast. To instill some time. urgency here. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun time. It's an incredible Your trivia nights time. are always a fun time. Oh, thank Indeed. you. 
um oh yeah both of you have been my second for those so we you can confirm goes. yeah Indeed. um yeah there are uh prizes especially yes. if you make simon laugh you get a tiny prize yes uh as i routinely tell people throw in the um, towel and just make a joke yes <laughs> uh it's not the sats i'm not gonna take points off for an incorrect answer the but... more you know about spice world the better yes <laughs> <laughs> um no actually okay this, this is me going on a tangent yeah. here about trivia night, but uh, at the midpoint, before there's a break, mm-hmm. uh, I generally ask like a multi-part question where it's like, list all of this thing and as you'll many, get 10 points yes. for each thing. As many things as you can. Yeah. I'm, I'm not telling you what the horror movie one for this time was. I think the last one was, oh man, I don't actually remember what the last horror movie. For the list question? Yeah. Oh, was a but, year ago. But for example, for, you know, campy classics, I was like, list all of the uh, guest appearances in Spice World. Oh, yeah. Like, list as many actors and actresses as you can from that movie. And somebody came back from last place to win the whole ding dong thing because they knew the entire cast of yes. Spice World. It was impressive. Incredible. Yes. Like, they were still writing stuff down. I was like, <laughs> literally standing there going, okay, 10 seconds. You got to hit yeah. submit. <laughs> right. Yes. That yeah. was amazing, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Cummings, Mark McKinney. Yeah. <laughs> the list goes on and on. Um, Elvis Costello is a bartender. <laughs> oh, uh, fun times. Um, yeah. um, oh, mm, I guess before, uh, please check out the various 700s, um, the movie, music, etc. section. Um, yeah. Lots of fun little books in there, um, including... The Exorcist Legacy, 50 Years of Fear, which I promise I will return soon. Um, but also uh, stuff coming out on DVD soon that we have already purchased that's just not on the shelf yet. Uh, talk to me. And, uh, oh, we do have Skinamarink on DVD. You should come check that out. Form that, your own opinions. That title scares me, frankly. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, more, no, more information. In the show notes, of course, uh, we'll have the link for you to sign up. Uh, get your team together for Horror Trivia at 215 West, October 9th at 7 p.m. Always a pleasure to talk horror films with you, Simon. Woo! Pietro, thank you. All right, all right. Pietro. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I love that. We're, gonna, we're, we're complete, going with it. We're completely interrupting and derailing the conclusion, <laughs> just so I can ask you one more question. Okay. What's the next horror movie you want to watch? Well, that's interesting, Jeff. I looked through a top 200 horror films to watch list, and I wrote down a few. I have down Tremors, uh-huh. House yeah. on Haunted Hill, yeah. Poltergeist. An American Werewolf in London, and The Omen, which I think came up earlier in the conversation. Yes. You should take that list and watch all five of them, but in the opposite order that you just mentioned. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and that go from just, there. Um, that uh, makes sense because it was from 200 to the bottom. That I was looking oh, at, so, and yeah. just to swing it back into um, relating to The Exorcist, yeah. I really miss when the Ford Drive-In Theater uh, during the pandemic did double feature classic horror movies. And I saw The Exorcist and Poltergeist. That's and it great. had been, I hadn't seen Poltergeist since I was a kid. And that movie has aged remarkably well. It's yeah. very funny and also very spoop. Yes. So. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. That's a movie that starts out kind of slow and then goes to like 165 miles per hour. Yeah, it's, it okay. is. That escalated quickly, the yes. movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, horror. Go watch them. Go join for the trivia event. Yeah. Coming up soon, this is the Ferndale Library Podcast. It's called A Little Too Quiet, and it's brought to you by the friends of the Ferndale Library. 
We thank John Duffy for giving us music to open and close each episode. We thank you for listening. Please go to friendofriends.org if you want to find more information about supporting this podcast. And remember to rate, review, subscribe, leave a positive review, tell a friend, and happy Halloween.